The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, thanks for joining me at 218 on 630 Chad Afternoons. As we mentioned going into the break there, 32 MPs were supposed to meet today to discuss the Trudeau government's $82 billion COVID-19 aid package. Um, the government's proposed sweeping new powers that would allow for the Liberals to spend money without parliamentary approval till December of 2021. And uh, some of the officials there are saying that the move is necessary because the pandemic presents an exceptional situation. But of course, you can uh, believe that that didn't sit well with the opposition. David Aiken is Global News Chief Political Correspondent. He joins us from Ottawa this afternoon. Hi, David. Hey, Jalen, and I, I wish I was calling you with some good news that the House was talking and we're soon going to have this big relief package, which, among other things, sort of enshrines in law some improvements to the Canada Child Benefits, some improvements to EI benefits and the EI system. But politics being what politics is, politicians have been, what is it now? It's both just after 4 Eastern, and yeah. politicians have now been chatting since noon Eastern to, uh, basically it's the opposition versus the Liberal government. The Liberal government, uh, to hear the opposition critics say, really overreach with a surprise bit of emergency legislation that not only had these economic benefits, but also had a whole lot of other emergency powers that ministers were going to get to basically spend money, all of it without parliamentary oversight, accountability, and to have these powers for quite some time. And that, that was too much for New Democrats, too much for the Bloc Québécois, and certainly too much for Conservatives. And you've probably been mentioning this, there are two Conservatives from Alberta among the small little band of 32 MPs who are in the House of Commons, and they're both from Edmonton, and that's uh, Tim Upple and uh, Garnet Janis. Are both, uh, yeah. They were both in this part of the country. They didn't have to fly or anything. It turned out they were here anyways doing some other work and stuck around. So, David, part of this, though, I know that provinces and cities across this country have declared states of emergency, uh, which allows them to really do uh, some of the similar things when it comes to accessing money and the powers that they're allowed to use and things that they're allowed to access. Does this not do the same thing for the federal government without enacting the Federal Emergency Act? It does, and and it's good to pick up on that. So the Federal Emergencies Act was passed in 1988. At that time, you know, there was no emergency on, but parliamentarians sat around and said, you know, listen, in an emergency, the federal government is going to have to, they're going to have to spend a lot of money, they're going to have to act fast, they're going to have to take, you know, radical new powers and, and do things, and they need to have the freedom to do that. But we also need to recognize that any government needs to have some accountability and oversight to an opposition. That's the way our system works. And so the Emergencies Act, to sort of boil it down, would have given the government the power to spend whatever it wants, but it would have forced the government, first of all, to, within seven days, have a vote in the House of Commons as to whether or not to affirm the state of emergency or revoke it. So just a straight majority vote. And if you affirm it, of course, that means you give the government all the powers that they need. But mm. that there's a sunset on that. That only lasts for 90 days. And if the government wanted to extend and the emergency powers beyond 90 days, it can do so, but it's just got to make sure it brings Parliament back to vote again, uh, up or down, revoke or affirm these rights. And you could do that as long as you want. The current legislation that was put, the Liberals put before the House last night today, essentially removes that sort of 90-day ticking clock. And, for example, there's, there's one provision that would allow the health minister to, quote-unquote, declare a public health emergency. 
And as soon as he declared it, the finance minister could spend whatever he wants. Two things there, there'd be no chance for the opposition to challenge the declaration of a public health emergency. And two, the finance minister could spend whatever he wants, and there's no coming back to Parliament ever to see if it's okay. Again, a lot of people right now may say, well, of course, it's a public health emergency. Of course you should spend the money. But there's not that, that backstop back of parliamentary oversight. And that's what's got the opposition all whipped up. All right. So do we know, have you been able to talk with anyone to find out where things are hedging on here? Are we looking at possibly maybe putting in a longer timeline or do they want that scrapped completely? Well, we're we're operating under, we're operating, I really don't know the answer to that. All I can tell you is (laughs) MPs are still talking to each other. When I say MPs, government and opposition MPs who are here in Ottawa, and some are calling in by phone, uh, they're trying to sort something out. The opposition, the bottom line, particularly for the Conservatives, is you just do that economic relief stuff that you already talked about. We'll vote for it in 10 seconds. Like, no problem. Yeah. We thought you were going to do that. And if you want to do these, and, and the NDP, my NDP source is saying, exactly, we'd vote for it too in two seconds. And if the government thinks there's a case to be made that we need some extraordinary powers because of this extraordinary situation, then carve that out and explain to us what you needed to. But this was really surprised on a lot of people on the opposition, and that's you know, that people are saying, you know, we know there's an emergency, but we can't sort of give uh, any government that sort of unfettered power. And to be honest, we saw a little bit of this with the Dems and Republicans, right, where the Dems are saying, wait a minute, you got to do this. And there was a logjam. Yeah. Uh, so who knows how this is going to resolve. They wanted to get this done today, though. And again, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, you know, if they do want to get it today, they're going to need to have uh, a, uh, a conference call with each caucus to approve and then a vote. And then the Senate's got to get involved tomorrow. And don't forget, the Senate's probably not going to be a walk in the park. So... Yeah, well, and the thing is, David, I mean, people are depending on, you know, a lot of the stuff that's in that package, um, you know, paves the way for people to get some breaks, to get some money, need to get it done because people are already worried about how they're going to pay for things. Well, exactly. And more than that, there's been a lot of criticism. Let's talk about, forget about process. Let's talk about substance. We do know that the oil and gas sector in Canada needs some specific help. So that's obviously Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Newfoundland and Labrador. We got to maintain the liquidity of the companies. We got to maintain the capital of the companies that are operating in the oil patch, so they can protect that business. And I think some of that work out is is, is, uh, is some of that negotiations has got to get going too. As soon as we get today's negotiations going. Wanted to ask you about that teleconference meeting that was held with the Prime Minister and the Premiers last night. Under, I understand that a couple of the Premiers are saying, no, let, let's not go uh, and enact the Federal uh, Emergencies Act just yet. Others may be saying yes. What did you find out about that teleconference? Yeah, and I'm embarrassed I didn't call uh, Premier Kenny's office. So maybe you can show me in on where Alberta stands, but I do know that Ontario and Quebec told the Prime Minister, this is Premier Ford and Premier Legault, uh, you know, they said basically, we don't need the Federal Emergencies Act just now. We're, we're fine, and don't forget, uh, provinces, including Alberta, have tremendous power under their provincial uh, yeah. uh, emergencies act, more so than uh, than the, the federal government. So, at least Ontario and Quebec saying, don't need it now. New Brunswick's Premier, Blaine Higgs, on the other hand, he wants it, and he wants the feds to declare an emergency, and he says so there's a sort of consistent application of emergency measures I would say there's another way around that, and that's maybe to have more frequent first minister's calls, maybe even daily, to make sure that all provinces basically are on the same page with the kind of emergency measures in place.
Yeah, that would be a, that would be a really good idea. David Aiken, our Global News Chief Political Correspondent. Before I let you go, David, uh, this has been uh, being talked about kind of in the background uh, a little bit over the past 24, 48 hours, and it, it has to do with the Tory leadership, and I know Peter McKay is, is oh. wanting that to be pushed up, of course. Others are, you know, the other three are like, no, we need to delay it. Well, listen, <laughs> your, here's my your take on this. this. Yeah, here's my, I think Peter McKay is going to win this thing no matter what, okay? If they do the vote now, they do it later. But let's put this in perspective. The Olympics just got canceled and put off for a year. You think the Conservatives could put their race off for just a little while? I, you know, I have people saying, oh, oh dear, you know, we have to have a permanent opposition leader in Parliament, and that's important. And yeah, it is, but we'll get by without a permanent opposition leader. Sheer will have to muddle through. Conservatives get their leader, and he, you know, whenever, and it's probably going to be Peter McKay. So I, I'm really not sure why the Conservative Party leadership is so gung ho to get this thing done. And of course, we saw Peter today saying, "Have the vote now rather than later." Yeah, I just think yeah. you know, if you can suspend the Olympics, you can spend the Conservative leadership race. <laughs> David Aiken joining us this afternoon. Good to talk to you, David. Uh, we'll All talk right, to you again soon. Cheers. <laughs> Take care. That's uh, David Aiken, the Global News Chief Political Correspondent. And if you're, um, you know, if you're on Twitter. Uh, let me just tell you, David's a, a good guy to follow on on Twitter out of uh, out of Global News because he he does obviously have his his pulse on everything that's coming out of out of Ottawa, but you know can really provide some really good insight about what is going on at this moment. As he said, you know, there's a lot of back and forth uh, going on. There's phone calls going on, and um, you and and many many others out there want to get this package pass so we can get things moving whether it's you know on the oil and gas front maybe it's to get that money into your pocket maybe it's you know the the child the child benefit um a package that has been proposed uh, as well, but this needs to get done. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next, uh, well, few hours this evening, and then what happens uh, tomorrow at the Senate as well, as David said, if it goes uh, to there tomorrow. Anyway, we'll keep you updated right here on a 6.30, Chad. We'll